Hi, everybody. <clears throat> Though the summer isn't officially over until September 22nd, in many ways it's over. The pools are closed and school has started. Um, and we're entering that time of year that um, the summer has kind of ended and it's kind of considered the time of harvest. And the crops are coming in and it won't be long until there's pumpkins all over the place. And it's the time of year that's considered or thought of as the time of abundance. So I'm going to give you a pep talk or a jump start today on living an abundant life. And abundant, as you know, means large quantities or having plenty or being plentiful. So we would all like to live a plentiful or abundant life that we have plenty and we'd like to have an abundant supply in every area of our life. We'd like to have an abundant supply of love, of joy, of peace, of mercy, an abundant supply of grace, the grace of God toward us and the grace of God working through us, an abundant supply of family and friends and finances. <clears throat> You know, God wants you blessed in every single way because he loves you and because he wants you to be a blessing to other people. God tells us, the Bible tells us so much about living an abundant life that every, it's like almost every page of the Bible tells us something about loving, living an abundant life. And one of the key points to living abundantly is giving. And that's what we want to center in on today. And um, one of the reasons we're going to center in on that is as fall approaches, Summit Church starts Operation Christmas Child, where we pack boxes to send overseas to countries where uh, children don't receive Christmas presents normally, and they're in very impoverished countries where they um, really need uh, a touch from the Lord. They haven't heard the gospel before. And these boxes are full of little gifts and, and uh, you know, maybe socks and, and uh, school supplies. And then the people that bring the Christmas, the Operation Christmas Child boxes, share the gospel with these kids and have parties with them. And it's a great inroad to share the gospel with kids. And so we prepare those boxes. And then after that, we collect food for the needy and we help our local food pantry uh, feed my people. And then after that, we help uh, Summit Church, the members of Summit Church, uh, help uh, supply Christmas gifts for people in our community that are in need, that, that don't have the means to, to uh, uh, get Christmas gifts for their own family. So uh, as we approach that time of giving, uh, we're already in it. We uh, want to give, and people that are givers have an abundant life. So let's talk about giving. And we think, well, why should I give? I want to just keep everything for myself. I want to supply for my own family, and I want to make sure that we're all taken care of. And that's a good thing that we want to take care of our own family. That's very important. But the Bible talks about giving and how important it is. So let's... Uh, talk about that and, and talk about some points from the Bible. The first thing is, is the Bible says that we should always give cheerfully. So if uh, your community or your church or God's calling upon you to give, you should always do it with a cheerful heart. If you're giving because you have to, or they're making you, or you feel like, you know, you're going to go to hell if you don't give, you know, that's not going to really get you any rewards. The Bible says that you're supposed to be a cheerful giver. In 2 Corinthians 5, 9, 7, 
it says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And it's great to be around cheerful givers, people that are excited about giving to the Lord and giving to the people around them to bless them. So the first thing we need to do is we always need to be very cheerful in our giving. The second thing is that we need to give from a spirit of love. Um, When we're moved with compassion and we have a heart of love to help other people and to uh, minister to other people, God really honors that. In 1 Corinthians 13.3, it says, If I gave everything I have to the poor and sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So if you gave every single thing that you owned to the poor, but you you didn't do it out of love, you wouldn't have gained anything. So we need to, when we give to other people, we need to do it out of a heart of love and compassion. We need to understand that people are hurting and people uh, have needs and we can really help them. And the third thing is, is that we should give without expecting personal credit for it. And uh, have you ever been around anybody who tells you everything that they gave to everybody and and uh, you really can tell that they have an inward need that they need some personal credit or they need some validation for what they gave? Well, the Bible tells us that we really don't need to be doing that. That's probably not really, uh, we don't really have good motives when we're doing that. In Matthew 6, 2, it says, so when you give to the needy, Do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. I tell, uh, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So when you give, don't announce it to everybody. Don't tell everybody how wonderful you are, that you gave a certain amount or you did a certain thing. Just give to the poor, give to the needy and let the Lord reward you. And the Bible also says, uh, the next point is that we should always give generously whenever we can. In Proverbs 3.27, it says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is your power to act. Um, There's something very uh, wonderful about people who are generous. And um, I don't know if you all remember um, the movie at Christmas time called Scrooge when... uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, he was the opposite of a generous giver. He was miserly. Have you ever been around people that are miserly or tight? They're not really comfortable people to be around, but people who are generous are are always joyful people to be around. You know, joy always goes with generosity, and, and people who are miserly are not usually joyful people. So we always need to give generously when we give. And, uh... One of the reasons that we give is that everything that we have came from God to begin with. Let's listen to this prayer that David prayed in 1 Chronicles 29, 14. It says, Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hand are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we give you only what comes from your hand. So what we give comes from the Lord anyway. So um, 
everything that we give belongs to the Lord anyway. So let's just, let's just give it and use it for good purposes. And another reason that we give is we want to, we want to spur or, or cause other people to give thanks to God. So when we give, it should cause other people to thank God, you know, thank God that my need was supplied. In uh, First Chronicles twenty or Second uh, Corinthians nine eleven, it says, "You will be enriched in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God." And you see in this scripture, um, people were generous, and it resulted in thanksgiving to God. And so think of that sometimes when you're giving to other people that. That what you're giving to them, what it will produce in them is thanksgiving to God. Now in giving, um, there are a few points of wisdom. It's important to use wisdom in, in giving. There are some people that are so um, generous and so given to given, giving that uh, sometimes they don't use wisdom. I know there are a couple instances that we know of that a uh, married couple, one of the, you know, the husband or the wife gave without asking or consulting or talking to their spouse, and they gave large sums of money, and that was not good without consulting their spouse, and it caused marital division, and it called, caused financial hardship, and that's not good to do. So if you're married, never do that, and um, never borrow money to give to anybody. That's just not a good idea. If you don't have the money, you can't give it. So if you have to borrow, borrow money to give something away, um, that's not wisdom because you don't have it in the first place. And never succumb to manipulation to give. Um, if someone's pressuring you to give, it's not, uh, not a good time to give. Or someone is promising you something, um, if you'll give, that's not good either. Um, there's been instances where people are promised that their loved ones will be saved if they give or uh, their debts will be canceled if they give. Those are just not really good things, and, and you have to be very careful about things like that. So um, what can we expect if we give? Oh, there's such wonderful things that the Bible promises us if we give. The Bible promises prosperity, abundance, and refreshing. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Isn't that an awesome promise? That's one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That's a promise from the Lord that you can cling to, that he promises you that. In Luke 6.38 God promises you a reward and a return for giving. It says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use will be measured to you. And you know that's not always talking about money. It's talking about your love, your compassion, your time, just your thoughtfulness. It's it's in so many ways. Um... God, and God promises to take care of all of our needs when we take care of others' needs. You know, in Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
And Paul is writing this to the Philippian church. And this church was very poor. They uh, were not a rich church. And they sent an offering to Paul to help with his needs. And um, they sent this offering in faith because they didn't have a lot of money themselves. And God promised to meet all their needs. Isn't that awesome? Proverbs 28.27 says, Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. So those are some really great scriptures to remind us to look after the poor and take care of the poor. Um, I've, you know, in my personal life, I've never made a big salary or a lot of money, but the Lord has always taken care of me supernaturally. So I can, I'm a personal, uh, personal advertisement for giving to the Lord and being generous and walking in His uh, abundant supply and His abundant life. It works. You know, God uh, promises us that he will reward us for taking care of the poor and needy. And it's not just in this present life, but it's in the life to come. In Matthew 25, 34, Jesus is talking and he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Are naked and give you clothing. When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. Uh, when did, when you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So whenever we do, uh, take care of people here on this earth, the Bible says, Jesus says we're doing it to him. And so we will get a great reward. In Isaiah 58, verse 6, it says, No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. 
Isn't that an awesome, awesome promise from the Lord that if we'll take care of those who are hungry and need clothes and who are oppressed, how much the Lord will take care of us. So I encourage you as this fall season comes and the season of giving, to pray about your giving, to plan your giving, to get excited and joyful about your giving. If you have children, get your kids, your family involved in your giving and to expect a reward in your giving. Bye-bye.